are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 28th Wednesday night special edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. I'm Eric Garcia Gunderson, your host, joined by Corbin Smith, who joins me weekly. And we were joined by a special guest joining us, the Oregonians food critic, Michael Russell. What's up, Michael? How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Nice to see you. Can I call you Corbs? Corbin? Oh, can you ever? <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> Very excited uh, here to to get into some bread talk, some pizza talk. You just did your your best slice rankings. You just ranked some bon mi's. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to talk bon mi. I know Corbin doesn't eat meat, so a bon mi talk. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm useless for bon mi talk, but yeah, you got to have that pate on a bun mi. It's crucial, crucial, crucial. So oh, uh, I don't even I don't even I can't even eat soy. Like there's so many like sandwiches that are cut off to me lately. I'm, just, I'm allergic. I'm a vegetarian who's allergic to soy. Uh, that limits things, doesn't it? Um, there are yeah, vegetarians, but me, it's just not good, you know. Because it's uh, because it doesn't have meat on it. Is that what this is about? The more meat, I think, the better on those guys. So uh, oh, you, you, I, you, I, you, sports, not, ready, you food writing animals. Blazers here. Uh, oh hell yeah! You got one. Yeah. Oh I hell yeah! A couple of I brought a couple of lukewarm takes. Oh hell yeah! Well, I, I, well let, let's get into those takes, then we'll talk some some Portland foods, some bon mi, some pizza, bread. I think is definitely going to be a topic of conversation soon. But the Blazers played tonight without Damian Lillard, who we assume is tending to the birth of Damian Jr. Uh, went back to Portland uh, after the game last night in New Orleans, but they lose tonight. Uh, in a in a really close game down the stretch, 108-103 to the Memphis Grizzlies, who win for the second game in a row, despite the fact that they're tanking, and they didn't play Marc Gasol for like the last 15 minutes of this game, and the Blazers still managed to lose. Uh, C.J. McCollum had 42 points, incredible, uh, solid game, but and, and Nurkic had a pretty good game, but he only took six shots, which I think was a little weird. Uh, Wade Baldwin... With 15 points off the bench uh, in his first like real run as a Blazer, but Portland loses 108-103, but uh, they still have a two-game lead for the third seed in the West. So I think things are still looking pretty okay. Uh, well, I think we all know who to blame this loss on: Damian Lillard, ladies and gentlemen. Junior. No, 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 no. Just Damian Lillard senior. This is what happens when you shirk your responsibilities to do nonsense, like attending the birth of your child. The entire team was scattered in the winds without their leader who, uh, sadly, I hope you don't mind me saying cucked out and submitted (laughs) to the feminist agenda of attending the birth of your child. It makes me <laughs> completely sick to see how far professional athletics has fallen. The next thing you know, there will be a 
homosexual man in the NBA or something of that. I, I can't keep doing this bit. I apologize. <laughs> I'm done now. You held on to it. Yeah. The second I, the second I started to, the second I started to like go actively retrograde, I started to, I started to hate myself for the joke, but uh, yeah. But anyway, this is totally Lillard's fault. Uh, How dare he? It's a, it's, it's his fault for, for having sex. Yeah. (laughs) It's his, it's his punishment for having sex is basically. Locked on Blazers, a noted anti-sex podcast. (laughs) Don't ever do it. Don't do it. It's bad. It's bad. It was a pro abstinence podcast. Big night for Marshawn, bro. You know what? Look, <laughs> insanely stupid loss for the Blazers. Just so dumb. Just the dumbest thing I've seen in my entire life. That Wayne Selden shot where he got foul and flipped up a circus shot out of that. That was so stupid. What a stupid game. What it's st- what an un- dumb, 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 dumb. But I'm happy to see Marshawn back in the league. I'm happy to see him out there playing like a dude who never wants to go back to China. Hitting some game ceiling free throws. You could you could feel you could feel Marshawn uh, uh, pushing that ball forward and just uh, and just uh, having a lifetime of dread of playing in the CBA again while he's releasing that shot. It was <laughs> it was truly dramatic, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Marshawn Brooks, the leading scorer for the Grizzlies, with twenty. <laughs> Hey, with 21 points. I think he just got signed either today or yesterday to uh, I think it was yesterday. He got signed to a 10 day by the Grizzlies because I recall I recall tweeting about it. Something along the lines of uh, greatest franchise in history, because uh, that is what the Memphis Grizzlies are. They only sign players who I care about and uh, and uh, am engaged with and uh Marshawn Brooks is for some reason one of those players. Uh, Michael, uh, I know you, you said you had some blazer takes. Uh, I, you know, there's some things that have happened, but what what have you seen with the team lately that you've liked, not liked? Are you excited heading into the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I mean, my uh, th- that was such fire. I, I feel like I need to downgrade lukewarm to, uh, you know, maybe almost chilly take here, but, um, I, uh, I was thinking that the, uh, I watched that win over the thunder and the more I thought about it, the more I thought they probably should have lost that game. Um, I know other people have sort of floated this theory, uh, in the NBA blogosphere, but I feel like the Blazers should be angling for that, um, that four seed. I think they should be trying to let the thunder, uh, overtake them. Uh, um, so beating them was maybe not in their best interest. Cause like, if you look at the standings right now, uh, I guess if it ended today, they would be, uh, the Blazers would have to play the Spurs in round one and then the Warriors in round two, uh, potentially with Steph coming back from that, uh, MCL spring. And, uh, that just seems like a much harder road than if they're sitting in the four seat and they can play the Pelicans, uh, which we know they can beat and then go up against, uh, the Rockets who we, we don't know if they're uh, if they can bring it in the playoffs or not. I mean, that's that's the open question. Um, I think there's like a pretty clear road to the at least the Western Conference Finals um, if they were to just have let the Thunder beat them there. So that was a uh, it felt like a good win at the time, and it, it maybe it looks like a worse win now. Hmm. Yeah. No. That was. Uh, 
that was uh, a tough game. I mean, I didn't think they were going to win that game at all. Uh, they they looked like after they made that comeback, they looked great at the start of that game, and then okay. and then after the comeback, it was pretty uh, it, it was pretty tight there. But I was impressed with CJ Dame. I mean, they're just I you know I I, I think that's an interesting theory, but uh, you know I I am. A, a little bit scared of Anthony Davis in a playoff series. Yeah, but he's the only guy they've got. So, I mean, yeah, yeah they're pretty shallow. No, you're right. Yeah. I will say about the Warriors, they are walking wounded right now. And especially with Steph missing some time, uh, I think uh, there's a possibility they uh, could be a little vulnerable in that uh, second round series. So you Just guys would rather see the Warriors, uh, you know, they're probably going to have, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and uh, Clay Thompson back. Steph is a question mark. Uh, the six-week timeline is like right in that second round. You'd rather see them uh, at three-quarter strength than uh, than the Rockets. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't, sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Steph is probably the maybe like the best is almost certainly the best offensive player in the league. Like just because. Like that, like if that dude is a hobbled, like that is a, that is a vulnerable squad, I think. And especially if you can, I mean, I guess that this is a real, if you can, but like the Blazers could be in a position where they could slow down the game a little bit. And, uh, that would be very bad for Draymond, uh, who they could overpower with Nurkic and Davis and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, it's harder. I think that it's harder for teams to win like these, like multiple championships in a row cycle things over and over. And yeah. I think that, uh, somebody will have a shot at the warriors this year. And I think, uh, might as well be the blazers. <laughs> you know, so, something I, I thought of the other day when I was thinking about the warriors and like the whole wear and tear thing is that, Everybody on that team except Steph also played in the Olympics in 2016. And that was when Durant signed there as a free agent. So they had that crazy seven-game series against the Th- with the Thunder and the Warriors. Then they had the seven-game series in the finals. Then they had the Summer Olympics. Then they had all of last year. And now they have this year where they're like every- where everyone's getting hurt. And, I mean – it's never happened in league history. Like it, it there's a reason why th- there hadn't, there wasn't, you know, the same matchup in the finals three years in a row before last year. I, I, I mean, it's really hard. And I think, I think it's, 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 it's good that we don't discount that because I think the wear and tear factor matters. So like the, I was thinking about it, the, you know, you can't really call it tanking, but, um, I was thinking you could call it Chinese badminton. Do you remember the Chinese badminton squad that? Uh, yes, I do. They, oh, they, they would. Uh, they intentionally lost against themselves so that they could uh, set up their uh, teammates for a better position. Yeah, I mean, technically, it was like China, South Korea, and Indonesia were all doing it. So, like, two teams were trying to lose at the same time, and it was like they were both hitting the shuttlecock. Uh, oh, this is after dark, right? I can say shuttlecock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can definitely say yeah. shuttlecock. All right, so they were both uh, just hitting it right into the net. So anyway, that's what I think the Blazers should do. As for this game, I'm, you know, obviously as a restaurant reporter, uh, I'm a way more casual NBA fan than you guys, but uh, 
you know, I pulled up the box score from this game. I don't really even know like half the players who are playing. For the oh. Tonight. oh no, <laughs> no, we don't either. <laughs> it's no, really, no, no. really sad that they lost this game. Uh, they should have won it. Uh, all jokes about, you know, badminton aside. Um, it, I can't believe they didn't win. The main that important. Yeah. The main defense for the Blazers losing this game is that it is their third road game in five nights. And they were playing without Lillard. And uh, and Marshawn Brooks uh, was ready to do anything to never go back to China. And and also I will throw on on top of that to, for more uh, Blazers apology. Uh, they look. We sound like cucks right now. We Don't do. We, we we do. We do. But I mean, Jordan Peterson would be ashamed of us. They just came off playing two games with the teams that are directly behind them in the standings. And then they, and then their best player is having a baby. I mean, I mean, they should have won tonight for sure. Uh, that still, but I mean, I think given the fact that they still have a two-game lead for the third seed, I think all will be forgiven if they just hold on there and they get Dame back on Friday and et cetera, et cetera. I think things will be fine. Damn, I took like three weeks off when I had a kid. Can't we give him a little more time? He's got to come back Friday. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how paternity leave works in the in well, the in the NBA. You know what? I mean, if I they mean, weren't in a if they weren't in a playoff race. Well, come on, race. two games. The good yeah. thing the the good thing about Dame is that, or at least for his, you know, for the taking care of the child outside of him, is that his entire family lives at his house. So, uh, his mom is there. You know, he, he has a full-on support system on site. So, you know, it's not – Dame isn't doing it by himself. He's not leaving uh, the mom and the kid just to kind of fend for themselves after the birth. <laughs> does, the, has, has the child been born uh, 100%? We do not know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we, I Most guess of we, it's not. Yeah. I mean, we know that he flew back. So, obviously, she must have been in labor, I assume. And she was due a few days ago. I mean, we I remember the due date was like we were talking last week that maybe he would be out for a game. Um, like, was it the Rockets game? So yeah, that was like, yeah. I mean, this, this stuff, uh, I don't know if either of you have kids, but, you know, the, the doctors get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. No, we do. I, I don't have a kid. <laughs> you do do a bo- basketball podcast, though, I should have assumed. but uh, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doctors get pretty antsy after like a week of uh, past the due date, and they they start talking about you know things they can do to get the baby out um, uh, through you know drugs or a C-section or something like that. So the uh, the we're this far in. I I think uh, you know it, she was pretty far past the due date. So I think the baby has 100% been born. I believe. Damien, if you're listening, uh, you should name your child Corbin Lillard. He's already got a name, Corbs. Oh, he does? From Dame Jr. Oh. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> How dare he name his, his firstborn son after him? Yeah, well, Trump did it, man. Right? Yeah. The fearless George leader. George, yeah. George, <laughs> yeah. George, yeah. George Foreman. George Foreman. <laughs> Corbin Trump. <laughs> Corbin Trump is a little too close to a <laughs> Trump kid name. <laughs> I don't like hearing that. It's, it's more than a little unnerving to me. It's a, it hits, it's a little too on the nose. <laughs> About that Thunder game. Yes, sir. 
I need to, I, we need to, I need to address something with Eric real quick. Uh, Michael, please uh, shut your ears. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so Carmelo Anthony won a game for the Blazers. <laughs> he, we were right all along, Corbin. We were that, right all along. That, my man, my that, man, my man was doing everything he could to, uh, to, uh, to do what he could to make the Blazers win. I think he deserves a free meal at Tasty and Sons. Next time you see Melo at Tasty and Sons, hook him up. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns scored a career high 56 points tonight. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of points. Fraud. Show off. God, David CJ could have had like 70 this year at separate points of the season. That is, I mean, I, I understand, you know, the impetus for stats and, and just like the, you know, especially for like now this whole thing that's happened in the NBA that, the I guess for lack of a better word in the moment awareness that like you will you know fatigue and playing guys you know 38 minutes is like an egregious you know thing in the NBA uh and and now I I I feel like that that whole like thing with like how everyone's like so overly conscious about rest cost the Blazers a couple of 70 point games this year. And that, and that kind of sucks. Thanks a lot, Terry. Thanks a lot to the, the Tom Haberstroke culture. Yeah. Of rest. To a uh, Tom Habercuck. <laughs> John, John Cuckinger. Uh, Zach, uh, cuck, I guess. Uh, that doesn't have multiple syllables. That one's a little hard. Jonathan, uh, cucks, uh, <laughs> Boy, I could do this a little too long. Uh, yeah, it shows how how you know sometimes you can be a little too on. Nate Cunk, Nate Cunkin, Cuckin. <laughs> I, I, I feel like one of us should go way left just to sort of counteract this. Uh, one of you should be a Soros plant on this one. Yeah, <laughs> my eyes are open, dude. I got you know. My uh, you know, I woke up. I woke up one morning and I realized. Uh, and I realized uh, there's fluoride in the water. Uh. <laughs> they, Soros bust me in for this podcast. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? You know, because Carmelo, you know, there was like a I've already talked about this on a different podcast today. Take it a break. It's sports takes game show. Dreams, your nightmares. Check it out on iTunes. Great and uh, uh, great plug. But uh, Mello, uh, uh bust in a bunch of uh, kids for the protests, you know. Yeah. And uh, in uh, Washington, which I, I think uh, me and Eric support. I, I don't know if uh, Michael can even say if he does because he works for a newspaper. But uh, uh, no comment. But yes. Uh, but uh, Carmelo, uh, yeah, he paid for some of the buses. And one of the, this guy, Jack Prilazak or whatever, uh, one of these uh, one of these uh, online conservative dudes, the people who are too online know way too much about uh, like myself. Uh, he, he did this thing where he was like walking around the protest and he was like, yeah, look at all these charter buses. Uh, they're not going to show you this on CNN. And it's like, yeah, dude, uh, it's a protest. Uh, there was organization involved and they, uh, and they brought people in, uh, to protest. But anyway, Carmelo Anthony, uh, paid for some of those buses. So, uh, this is all to say Carmelo Anthony is, uh, George Soros. Who knew? He should have, you know, I know it probably worked out for the best, but. I can't imagine that. I, I feel like he could be having a better season if he was 
a regular at Tasty and Sons. Absolutely. If he was walking in every day, getting the getting the biscuits, uh, getting the potatoes bravas. I'm trying to remember Tasty and Sons dishes. The radicchio salad is is the the radicchio salad. The uh, the breakfast board. The breakfast. Oh, the, the breakfast oh, board. You uh, know, you uh, know, Carmelo's getting a breakfast board. That's right. Oh my! If Melo lived in Portland, look. We've already done this a million times. Mello, you should have moved to Portland. You Can you imagine the charcuterie this guy would be throwing back if he lived in Portland? It would be unbelievable. With all that wine that he's, like, super into, you know, like all those NBA guys, like wine and charcuterie. Like, I mean, it would be a gift and a curse for Mello because, one. Oh, because he, he would get a charcuterie well, tire. And he would, get, he would get gout, like, <laughs> halfway through the season. Eat, 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 eating all the charcuterie meats and drinking good wine. Come is Mello Anthony DNP gout? <laughs> <laughs> DNP Mello, fatty liver. Is Mello in the uh, Banana Boat Wine Club? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 allegedly, I, I'm trying to remember the details from the ESPN piece uh, about the Wine Society, but I, I believe he takes credit for putting LeBron on to, to wine and stuff like that. I think he takes credit for like ushering in the wine movement among players. Huh. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was hoodie mellow. Put him on the wine. But that, we got that good Oregon Pino. I just can't imagine Lala moving here. Nah. Are they even still together though? She'd love it. She'd love it. Uh, Come on. I mean, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I think that, I think they are, I think they are like technically together, but like, they're not, they're obviously don't live together right now. <gasps> you know, the real, they're kind of problem. And I don't know if it's a problem with Portland, but like the thing that's really, we're going to struggle to attract the Lala Anthony's of the world is isn't the restaurants. We've got great restaurants, uh, obviously. It's the high-end shopping. Oh, got, yeah. No high-end shopping. I mean, if you are into, like, high-end brands, you're fucked. I mean, oh, shit. No, oh, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's an after-dark after after prediction. We're gonna put a red. We're gonna put a red explicit marker next yeah. to this episode. No, Eric always, Eric always. Whenever he records with me, like I can't help myself. I'm a, I'm a big disgusting slob. So I things say things like fuck and butthole, <laughs> and <laughs> and I don't know, a, a dingus wingus things of that nature. And uh, yeah, but we can attract the you know the NBA wag foodies of the world. They'll come here. But if, if yeah. they like to shop, then they they can't live here. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. That's totally true. Here. Wonderful food. God, imagine if Seattle still had a team. Think about all the Nordstrom. Like, think about all the NBA wives that would be at the Bellevue Nordstrom. <laughs> just, just getting just all, nothing. just getting all the good clothes, all the good shoes. Uh, but it could be a reality again someday, man. Yeah, no, I, I'd I'm be scared. in for the, I'd be in for the I five rivalry again. We're oh yeah, pro, I don't. We're, think, I don't, we're pro Seattle having a team. On yeah, show. I don't think there's any Blazer fan who. I don't think there's almost any Blazer fan who doesn't think Seattle shouldn't have a team. No, I'm should have a team. Oklahoma City to this day, and I have. Oh no yeah, yeah, yeah. Supersonics. I, 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 I went to call. I live in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and I went to college in Olympia, and so I'm a bit of like a pan port Pacific Northwesterner, and I like. Yes, I hate Seattle in like the Portland way, but like I also hate like I like <laughs> Seattle in like the 
that's my brother city kind of way, you know, like other people can't do things to Seattle, you know, it's a Portland, Seattle. That's fine. They can destroy each other. And I hope Seattle loses in sports most of the time. Uh, I guess I want the Mariners to win. Anyway, pan Pacific Northwesternism people get on board. But they got their team jacked from them and taken to a city that, you know, does not deserve to have an NBA franchise. And that will be really bad for like the next 20 years as soon as they, you know, stop reloading. I think Paul George is going to be in L.A. next year. So it's going to be Russ and Carmelo. That team is going to stink. And then I think they're looking at 20 years of pulchritude. Man, I just shuddered a little bit thinking about like the dark times. They're coming in Oklahoma City without without Westbrook and all those empty guys. Empty arenas, two words. Empty arenas. I mean, do you oh, guys yeah. see Memphis today? Memphis's arena was empty. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what happens when you're a bad team, though. And but uh, unless you live in Portland for some reason, that, yeah, yeah. Although it kind of got it got a little bit, you know, during those like like oh five. Oh six, like it, it was a little tight for. I mean, yeah, there were other reasons for that too. Like during the bad Lamarcus year, like people were still loading up. But pre Lamarcus, pre Lamarcus, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Zach Randolph, his prime was not completely Zabo, Zabo, Statbo, the uh, the the gel blazers, Jebo, Jeblazers. Michael, where where are you uh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from the East Bay, uh, California. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Nice. And I'm, One of these I'm, San Franciscaners. I'm the worst. Um, yeah, I came straight from Silicon Valley. Coming from Silicon Valley. Coming to the forest. App. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I, Hang I, up. I mean, Eric. It's disgusting. I, I'm, uh, I've got obviously got some allegiance to my, uh, my hometown team, uh, in the town of Golden State, California, as NBA people always say, um, and uh, but I like Portland too. I kind of follow both teams. Hell yeah, it's gonna uh, make me hated more than anything. Do you just I, not want the Blazers to play the Warriors because you don't want to like handle the feelings people are going to be throwing at you about it? Well, you guys were talking about the feelings people are going to have around a Spurs series. I mean, that's that's, that's going to be a nightmare. That. Because Lamarcus, I mean, he didn't he did the city wrong, and uh, but then it was also one of those things where he left, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, thank God, you know." I'm, yeah, I don't have to watch Lamarcus Aldridge anymore. Thank God. Yeah. So that's going to be really, really intense. Yeah, uh, that's that's, that's what they're set up for right now. Round one. Yeah, there's going to be some unforgivable things said. By about by, by Blazers fans about like like we shouldn't we shouldn't be so vague like we we know where the hatred is coming from it's coming from Blazers fans and it's going to be directed towards the Marcus or Tony Parker. I don't like. I mean, you guys are smart. You probably believe that players should have free agency to go where they want and shouldn't be vilified for leaving. Uh, but you know, I think Lamarcus, the way he left and the way he. It kind of has come out that he maybe didn't really take Dame under his wing the way maybe you would have hoped he would. Um, you know, I think there's some fair reason for Portlanders to just kind of think Lamarcus is a dipshit. Um, is that one of the things we won't want to take back? I don't know, but 
I think uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of unhealed trauma in Lamarcus's time here. So that would be therapy. A Spurs series would be therapy. It would we be no, 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 like, no, but but I mean on Lamarcus's part, like <laughs> when like when he decided like Dame was great, but when he decided to leave, like how many like I don't know I, I I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes of like how many things he saw go wrong. And then, like, the West thing happens, and it's just like, ah, fuck this. Like, like, you know, how many times did he have to have a season-ending injury, like, ruin a season? You know what I mean? Like, that that's one thing I will say for his part, is, like, he endured a lot of, like, really heartbreaking seasons. I mean, I was a B-Roy guy, so, it, like, once, once Brandon Roy went down, it, the team just wasn't that interesting for me anymore. Uh, Dames picked up some of the slack, but... Um, no, that's, that's, that's totally fair. I, I feel that way about Batum. I, I was working in the sports department at the Oregonian, and I remember the day that the Blazers got the first pick in the Greg Oden draft, which I want to say was 07. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you just had Brandon Roy, who was like a magician. He was like a tall Chris Paul. And uh, Lamarcus Chris, Aldridge. Chris like, Tall, if you will. Chris Tall. <laughs> Damn this portmanteau. Um, and uh, Marcus Aldridge, who, uh, you know, he was like the ideal number two. And then you were going to get Greg Oden, who was this franchise center. And you were just looking at three or four or five championships down the road. Um, and, of course, it didn't play and out. And then it happened. They and did happened. it. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. They beat the Lake. They they beat Kobe and the Lakers in the conference finals on their oh. way to a championship. Kobe's, Kobe's pants fell off, and you could see little shit stains <laughs> on the back of his underwear. <laughs> it's it was incredible. It, it, it's probably the way Philly feels right now. I imagine. Yeah. No. They. They. I mean, Philly has already won the championship this year. Yeah. Because, because they get to watch. Because they get to spend time with Joel Embiid. Good guy. God's Danny. player. And now Markel Fultz, too. I, I mean, I, I joked about it the other day, but, I mean, it's it's not looking that crazy that, like, one day in the near future, maybe a Philly, Portland. <laughs> that, Philly, would so, that would be so dope. Philly, Portland rematch. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I say, I say let's make it happen. I don't know how, but. I think we, we should, though. Um, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Uh, any, any, what are some of your other hot takes on the Blazers, Michael? Uh, okay. I with, 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 with what eight, with eight, eight, eight games left now or seven games left. I had, it's not really a take, but there was a question that was sort of rattling through my head. Um, so, uh, E double G you're probably like the foremost expert of, can I call you E double G? Sure. Sure. No one's okay. ever done that before, but, but I'll take it. I like it. I, I use, I like to call him egg. Egg. That's it. Okay. Egg. Great. Um, <laughs> all right. Egg. So you're probably the foremost expert on if you took like calves and blazers and put them together, bridging those two worlds. It is, it is, it is, it is kind of my company. wheelhouse these days. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm looking at the standings. I see the Blazers have something like 46 wins. The Cavs have something like 45 wins uh, in what most people would say is a weaker conference. Um, like, if you were to swap Dame and LeBron James and keep the rest of the supporting cast the same, 
would they have the same records? How would that change? And I'm, what what did that say about both players? I think the Cavs would probably be significantly worse uh, because LeBron is very good. So does that mean that the uh, Blazers supporting cast is better than the Cavs supporting cast? I think I, I think Portland would be better, obviously, if you swapped LeBron in Dame's place and you just like kind of filled out the roster that way. But I don't think that I think Cleveland would still make the playoffs. I think Cleveland would still be in like the like four, five, six, seven like range in the East. I mean, Dame has been. We got to give Dame credit, man. I mean, Dame, good. Dame, Dame has been incredible this year, and yeah, I might have just shortchanged Damian Lillard. I apologize to every Blazer fan who's listening. I've shamed myself, but no, but, but I think it's a great question. Well, they be worse. I think it's a, like, no, no, they would. I mean, it's, yeah, it's LeBron James, but it's like LeBron James. But I think I think the, the important point is is that like I think Dame, if they replace, like I think they still make the playoffs. I think if Dame is still there, they still make the playoffs, which is honestly. I mean, it's a difference of like three to four games, which I mean that's that seems fair, and and and, Le- and LeBron has has been super good, but I I I think Dame has been really really incredible, and I think I, I think he's he's shown for the last couple of years like he can get teams, uh you know almost by himself to the playoffs. Uh, LeBron and uh, CJ I think would be a pretty stupendous combo though. That would be very interesting pair of players. Um, that would basically LeBron that would, would basically uh, that would basically be like him and Kyrie again. Kyrie, yeah, same. Yeah, uh, and he would uh, and he would uh, murder Evan Turner. So, oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> they hate each other. They do. Yeah. Oh, they why? No, there's like a weird a, there's like a weird beef. Uh, I forget. I don't know why, but I remember I was on. Uh, I talk. I did a locked on Cavs with Chris Manning uh, from Fear the Sword and. He was like, yeah, Evan Turner and LeBron hate each other. And I was like, what? And then he was like, yeah, they just have this weird thing where they like every time they play each other, they just get they just get pissed at each other. I don't know. The first result, the first result on YouTube is LeBron James blocks Evan Turner at the rim, tells him you tried. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with trying? Uh, Well, against LeBron. I don't know. I mean. Uh, using the oh god yeah this is yeah this is really mean <laughs> yeah no there, there's a real there's a real Evan Turner LeBron James beef I don't know where it started but it, it man I'll bet you Evan's a horrible dude to play against though oh yeah <laughs> doesn't LeBron rep Ohio State Does yeah that makes what it comes from because like uh, maybe Turner feels like he doesn't he doesn't have the right to rep his alma mater oh wow yeah. whoa wow. That's a, that's a take right there. I, I like that one. That's a good that's one. That's a phaser set to take right there. Evan, Evan Turner thinks that uh, LeBron James's Ohio State fandom is stolen valor. Yeah, yeah. So LeBron is stealing, or is Ohio Columbus right? He's yes. stealing Columbus valor. Yeah, he's just an Akron guy who's who's stealing the valor of Columbus. Uh, but. Yeah, I, Turner. I I will say I Turner is, I've really warmed up to Turner, uh, in in terms of what he does, and I think I think he's a great guy to have on the team for his personality one, but two like I think he does like in the playoffs like, 
I think there is something to like guys who just kind of do their own thing in the playoffs. And and I think it 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 kind of counts. It's it kind of matters. And I think I think Turner can do that in like crunch time situations. You guys have like Stockholm syndrome for having Turner. I don't. I don't agree with Eric at all. I mean, I do like Evan's personality and a little piece of me sort of resents that we have a basketball right now that is rejecting Evan Turner as a, as a productive NBA player. You know what I mean? Like I kind of wish that there was room, a little more room for Evan in basketball, but like, I think that no shooting thing is a, is a, is a real, uh, it gets a little sketchy sometimes. I will say when it, when things got tight against golden state, uh, he, they gave the ball to, to ET to run ET. the offense and they run those two pin down screens for Damon CJ off the wings and he picks which one he goes to. It's a tough play to stop. I mean, it, it is a tough play to stop. All right. I guess that's fair. I, uh, I, okay. I think we've, uh, maybe it's a little bit time to pivot to, uh, pizza. What do you guys say? Oh yeah. I want to, I, I want to pivot pizza. to pizza. 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 This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Uh, you just released your uh, best slice bracket uh, and your best best slice tournament, and you chose a, a pizza joint that is near and dear to the heart of this podcast. I had no idea, guys. I mean, I haven't been listening good enough, I guess. Checkerboard but Pizza. You guys have have you guys been uh, giving them shouts before that? Well, uh, we up? we're a we're a Pan Ken's podcast. We right. appreciate the bakery. We appreciate uh, Ken's Artisan Pizza. We uh, uh, trifecta. We we drop we drop into trifecta and buy loaves. This is a pro Ken Forkish podcast, and it was great to see him notch a victory uh, on uh, on the pizza scale. Yeah. So just a little backstory for people who didn't see it. I, uh, you know, I did one of those sort of March Madness bracket things. I put eight pizzerias up against each other, uh, four in the east, four in the west. And it happened to be four that were east of the Willamette, four the west of the Willamette uh, River, which was nice. And uh, sort of did them head to head. And I actually ate at some other pizzerias before then. I ate at all the chains uh, in Portland to sort of narrow them down, and I gave the chains uh, a sort of like piglet bracket where they one of them could get in, um, or pigtail. What do they call it? Pigtail. Um, and I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know my brackets like that. <laughs> I snuck. Uh, so Sizzle Pie ended up winning the chains. Um, you know, people weren't crazy about that result, but uh, really. Yeah, people were surprised. People hate on people hate on Sizzle Pie, and they, they didn't score very high. I mean, uh, they were right around the middle of the pack um, for the like they compared to the seven that I put in based on my own sort of knowledge of them, the independent pizzerias. They were lower than all of them, so I knew they weren't going to make it out, out the first round. Uh, but it was places like Escape from New York, which is like 35 years old in Northwest Portland, uh, baby doll, uh, on Southeast Stark, which has great slices. Um, checkerboard. I'm a big, fan, a big fan of baby doll. Baby doll's great. Uh, checkerboard or, uh, Atlas. Um, and then all the chains, pizzicato, uh, hot lips, etc. And uh, yeah, your guys checkerboard was, it killed it. And it was all about the dough, the dough, the crust. Well, uh, I mean that I, I, the way I scored it, I gave that like sort of double points. 
and that his I mean it's kind of a no brainer uh, because he's Ken Forkish is like Portland's best baker. Uh, that's pretty widely understood. He's the dough king. He's the dough king of the Pacific Northwest people. He's a good dough boy, and he has uh, he has Ken's Artisan Bakery in Northwest. He's got Ken's Artisan Pizza in Southeast. He's got Trifecta Restaurant, which has a little bakery attached. And then he opened the slice joint. So, like, you kind of should have expected that it would be great, but he was definitely flying under my radar. He opened it with a different name, uh, Trifecta Annex, um, there at the uh, Pine Street Market. And uh, he eventually realized the pizza was what was running the show, and he decided to change the name to reflect that, uh, chose Checkerboard. And that was just not that long ago, a few months ago. And now they're the number one slice in Portland, according it's, to my rank. I, 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 I can't disagree. I can't disagree either. I, I think that there might be some people out there who are, uh, you know, they're throwing on opinions about sizzle pie. They're throwing on, they're trying to, they're trying to play to the past. You know what I mean? They're operating on nostalgia, but I'm telling you guys, you go step into that pine street market. You walk to the back and you get this slice from there. I know it's look, I know it's new. And I know that, you know, a lot of people, they get this new Portland anxiety stuff sometimes, you know, but, uh, I've, nobody's doing it better than Ken right now. Also, now, I'll, I'll, a whole pie, okay, all right, yeah. you know, whole it's pie. a little different, but so, yeah, well, you know. whole, whole pie is different. That's di- important to note because this was a slice roundup. So I only went to places that serve slices all day. You have to do it at lunch and dinner. There are Portland pizzerias that do slices at night. There are a hell of a lot of Portland pizzerias that don't do slices ever. Uh, so this was just the slice spots. And in the end, it came down to two places. Checkerboard on the west, and a place called Scotty's Pizza on the east. And Scotty's brought the heat. That place is awesome. Uh, their slices are—they have like the thinnest possible crust. It's rolled out like uh, window pane thin, they call it in, in the baking world. And then they throw on this good greasy mozzarella. The sauce is awesome. I mean, it's probably like one top two favorite sauces along. Oh my! Oh my! And it's—it's uh, the cheapest pot. It's the cheapest slice I got. All told across the entire thing, including the chains, two fifty for a cheese, uh, going up to like three three fifty for toppings, which is cheaper than everybody. And they've got a cool vibe, um, really like small but great pizzeria. And I honestly, when I was going to do that final round checkerboard versus Scotty's, I thought Scotty's was going to win, and I had to go back. I went back to those two. I hit them both up again. I got a couple of extra slices with toppings that I hadn't been messing with, and. You know, checkerboard just took it. They took it in the in the final round there. I gotta say, I'm looking at Scotty's website right now. They're putting out some heat. They're they're putting out some heat. I might have to drop by. You're gonna have to, man. I've never been to Scotty's, so I I definitely it's a blind spot on my Portland pizza. I will say, one of the things I don't know if you tasted this. But I feel like one of the things I like about Checkerboard is that their pizza sauce is a little more simple than most places. Like it, it tastes like it really, it really, it really just it just tastes like tomato, and yeah. it and it lets the dough shine. And I'm a big fan of that. You guys, I know you guys are big on purity on this podcast, especially sexual purity. But I mean that sauce <laughs> certainly. Uh, Never masturbate, people. Just as virginally <laughs> pure, it's a thing of beauty. Uh, I also, I also, um, they uh, actually do a slice with sauce and garlic on top. Ooh. No cheese, really great. Ooh, 
I I also am a big fan of the the way the pepperonis cook at Checkerboard, that like rounded cup style. Cup. It reminds yeah. me it reminds me of a pizza joint in my hometown of Salem, Paddington's Pizza, that has these cup pepperonis, and it is. Shout out to Paddington's. I have wow. I have a theory, Michael, that maybe you should be the one to investigate it. That Salem has its own style of pizza. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard this. Salem stop. What's the tra- what's the what's the trademark? What's the trademarks of Salem style pizza? Uh, as a cra- actually, Michael, you could actually probably tell us what actual style this pizza is, so that we don't keep calling it. it. It's like a cracker-like crust that has like a little cornmeal on the bottom, and then it's like very cheesy, and then the the. The pepperonis get that rounded cup thing that the checkerboard wants, except it's loaded. Like, it's all over the pizza. It's not as sparse. I don't mm. know what kind of pizza it would be. That sounds like a thing of beauty, man. It, 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 is, it is pretty good. If you ever... If you ever That's very Oregon style. That cornmeal on the bottom. Like, Hot Lips and Pizzicato both do that. Sometimes Hot Lips goes crazy with the cornmeal dust. Um, that's actually like my biggest problem I've had with them, where you're just like getting your a dusty tongue. Nobody wants. Back to when I worked for the dusty Timbers, but crunchy. Dusty back when but I worked, crunchy. Back when I worked for the Timbers, I, I took tickets for the Timbers for a while, and uh, um, yeah, ooh la la, yeah. <laughs> I, I would uh, I would hit up I, I would hit up Hot Lips uh, every halftime. Uh, I don't think we technically were supposed to, but pretty much everybody uh, did, and. Uh, uh, and so I have feelings for it in that way, but also, like, if I'm being objective about it, it's hard not to be like, sometimes it's a little gooey. Sometimes the work is a little gooey, you know? Uh, uh, we could be a little crisper out here, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely crisper. So, um, you know, Checkerboard, you guys check it out. It's in Pine Street Market, as you said. They've got the worst location in the entire market because they're literally behind another business, which is OP Worst, the uh, sausage station. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have to kind of find them. And uh, uh, can can yeah, not 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 at all bitter about that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, you have to go back there. They have something like six slices on at a time. There's that slice that just has tomato and garlic on top, which is really cool. Um, the cheese, uh, you know, I don't know if this is like something that will make you want to go or not want to go, but he uses a five cheese blend, uh, which kind of gives it that sort of like quattro formaggio or like cinco formaggio or whatever it would be taste of like that's got that sharp note that you have from some Italian cheeses. It's not that pure, greasy mozzarella flavor, so that's cool. As you guys said, the sauce is bomb. And then the bread. I mean, if you just sit and eat the bread and think about the bread, you can kind of tell from someone who just knows a ton about bread. And that that's what put them up above everybody, including Scotty's, where they're like pizza freak uh, and pizza jerk and baby doll and Escape from New York. It's just like, that dough, that crust is as good as it gets. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it might have been what you wrote about it that it's it it the crust is basically like a baguette, like it 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 it's like, stand on its own. Yeah, it, like you you could yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you could just eat the crust of that pizza and it would be phenomenal just as a bread. Like it it's it's no really great stuff at checkerboard pizza. 
Unfortunately, we're not, we sh- we're not sponsored yet by Checkerboard Pizza. But what were you going to say, Corbs? Well, can we shift to can we shift to uh, whole pies just for for a half second? Yeah, yeah. Michael, what's your prefer what's your preferred whole pie? I'm a Pizza Shoals guy. I'm okay. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Michael. I'm yeah. also a Pizza Shoals guy, but I've I've got this girlfriend now. Oh, and uh, and she's a Ken's lady. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, Ken's is a wonderful pie. I don't want to denigrate it for even a second. Uh, I've just uh, complimented checkerboard pizza to uh, half an inch of my life. The roast vegetable platter at uh, Ken's Artisan Pizza is mwah, it's some wonderful stuff. But we are um, we're having, tr- you know, the, our first date was at a pizza Shoals, and I haven't gotten and I haven't been able to, like, get her to go a pizza instead of Ken since our first date. And uh, it's been hard. Well, you know? uh, how, how do you feel about the Ken's lover in your life, Michael? Break up with her. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Uh, that's, a real strain, that's a real strain on a relationship right there. Yeah, when your partner won't go with you to a pizza shoals ever. Uh, I just feel like you need a little diversity in your life you can't it can't be all kens but kens is dope i mean last year uh we went out and we did all the wood-fired pizzerias so this was like about a year before the slice roundup um uh we went out and did like 30 i think 27 wood-fired pizzas good Uh, god amazing that there's that many first of all (laughs) Uh, Ken's won. I mean, Ken's came out number one. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. There, I mean, there's no way nobody's topping him on the really wood fire. Is man. I mean, so if you want that style of pizza, you go to Ken's, or you maybe go to Lovely's Fifty Fifty on Mississippi, which has a slightly different style, but also wood fired. Uh, a little more like farmers markety. Um, great, they're, they're great. Or you maybe go to Otto on Sandy. Uh, which is the sort of straight up Italian style, Neapolitan style. Uh, but I mean, if you are in the mood for that wood fired type of pie, you literally can't beat Ken's Artisan Pizza. I mean, it's up there nationwide. So she's not wrong, but I personally prefer the New York style thin crust, wide pizza. I like slices. Everything like controlled. Is controlled. Yeah. And Brian Spangler is as knowledgeable about dough and pizza as Ken. So, oh my I mean, God, oh my God. God, gods of pizza, doughboy, doughboy gods. Ooh. Have you, uh, uh, Michael? Have you, uh, you, uh, do you ever manage to get out to Vancouver? Have you, uh, have you t- taken a seat at Rally Pizza yet? I've been to Rally. Rally's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, hell yeah, Rally. We're Rally boys right here. Yeah, love Rally Pizza. Rally pizza. Are you guys both Vancouver guys? Uh, no, I mean, I, I I used to work in Vancouver, yeah, uh, right. so but but hey, uh, no, I lo- I I've been to Rally before. Great desserts, an excellent custard at Rally Pizza too. There's also a um, Japanese guy in Vancouver uh, uh, from Japan who went to Naples and learned how to make Neapolitan style pizza. Excuse me, from the guys, um, uh, from the source there. Yeah, and he I, came to Vancouver and he set up a food cart um, in a parking lot. Uh, his pizzeria is called La Sorrentina, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually right near my house. I, uh, I, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I is, know. Is, is not amazing, is it? It's I yeah, it's not spectacular. It's such a cool story. He moved right next door to uh, this brewery up there that's just like crazy packed every time I've been by. Like there, people. Yeah, that's out like the door. that's like a stone's throw away from my house. Nobody come really? to my neighborhood and murder me, please. Uh, so you're what? What is it? Battleground? Where you are? No, no. <laughs> I live in Hazeldale. Hazeldale, that's what it is. There we go. Now it's going to happen. Carbaugh is going to come to my house and kill me. But it's a cool story. I mean, and the pizzas are pretty good. It's just not, yeah. It's not I think that would, I will say this, that wood fireplace in downtown Vancouver. Yeah. Not accomplished, I don't think. I've always, yeah. I've always felt like it was a little limp, personally. And the sauce is a little too sweet. Yeah. There's some issues. There's some issues. Not bad, though. Yeah. I'm good for downtown Vancouver. Come on. Do they, do they still have the Rashid Wallace uh, basketball card at Baby Doll Pizza? I didn't see it while I was there, but I might not have been looking in the right place. They have it. I, when I was there, the first time I was ever there, there were two things about Baby Doll Pizza that I loved. One was that they had Squirt in the soda fountain. And two <laughs> was that they had a Rashid Wallace trading card from when he was on the Knicks. <laughs> also known as the greatest NBA season of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when the, when the Knicks were like had an average age of like thirty eight, <laughs> and Rasheed would just haul himself out there to scream at people like, and like foul dudes. Oh, Me- Mello Mello was like the young spry player on that team. Uh, that's how old the that Knicks team was. Um, but I, I, I know you just did uh, any any other pizza takes, Michael. Before we, I, I wanted to ask you some Bond Me questions. Yeah, we can hit that. Um, uh, before we, yeah, there was one other thing. Yeah, g- uh, give me the pizza takes. Well, I there's a guy in Portland named Nick Ford who ran a pizzeria called Preem P dot P period R period E blah blah blah. Oh yeah blah, yeah, like, yeah 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 the one that the Wu Tang the Wu Tang theme place right? Yeah. Pizza rules everything around me. So he actually left and he opened a pizzeria in Lake Oswego uh, called Pizzeria Sul Lago. I haven't been there yet, but that's the next place that I think could be dope. Um, They're on my list. Uh, What do you think? What do you you think about? Sorry, I just had one more. What do you think about ranch pizza? Ranch pizza is good. I had them at Beer Mongers, and now I have a kid and. I can't go into Poison's Rainbow without getting a babysitter or asking my wife to take the baby. So I haven't actually been back since uh, since uh, Isaac Brock opened his bar. Have oh, you guys yeah. been back to No, I haven't been to the Isaac Brock. No, I haven't. Joint. It's yeah. uh, it's Detroit style, right? Yeah, it's square. Yeah, pan pizza. I wonder, like Isaac Brock, who was this like sort of notorious drunk at shows, and last year or two years ago was in an accident on the Morrison Bridge where he was later sued for. Uh, a woman claimed he had alcohol in his breath. Like, I wonder if opening a bar is really the best idea for that guy. I feel like he's going to be on Bar Rescue, bar rescue. In, in, like, you know, less than a year. Well, He's drinking of- all the alcohol! There's a lot of good people on that team uh, uh, who are, I think there's a guy named Matt Brown who uh, was on Open Bunk Bar, so he's helping them out. Uh, he, it's, his, it's his company that opened it. And, uh, yeah, they know what they're doing. They're not going to go on bar rescue. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Luckily Isaac Brock has surrounded himself with team. 
but the, the Bon Me, what, what, the, before, we don't have to get too deep into it. I think everyone should read the Bon Me rankings. But what, what was your favorite Bon Me of your uh, your your little Bon Me excursion? Yeah, I mean, I, I we did a blind taste test uh, of like uh, we did like multiple rounds, and I just posted the final round. But um, we ended up like picking out like the seven like sort of elite Bon Me from or throughout the city. We're talking about traditional Vietnamese sandwiches, so not uh, not the sort of like lardo style, but you know, sort of classic. Yeah, like the big, thick pork belly on the sandwich. Yeah, not kind that. Of not, yeah, like light, a super light, cheap baguette with a pate spread, and then we uh, we did what's called the duck biet style, which is it means uh, like a special or combo. It has three types of Vietnamese cold cuts. Uh, and then we, and then it always comes with these pickled vegetables and some herbs like cilantro being the most common. So those sort of classic sandwiches are kind of everywhere on the edges of Portland, like especially 82nd Avenue, Sandy and Beaverton. So we fanned out. I had three people helping me and we each got like two sandwiches from each of two places and brought them back to the office. We tasted them blind. And the winner is this total hole in the wall. Uh, I think. It's not quite Rose City Park, but it's on the edge of Rose City Park uh, in northeast Portland on Broadway, but where Broadway becomes a residential street. Um, and then there's just this kind of unusual pocket of Vietnamese businesses there. There's a, a restaurant called Thai Bin that's closed now. There's a, a Vietnamese supermarket called, I think, Pacific Superfoods. They're really cool. There's a pot clinic and a, and a Vietnamese salon. And then there's all the way in the back, there's a fun me shop, which like I've lived in Portland a long time and I've walked by there and I barely knew it was there and they won our damn competition. So shout out to them. Um, they have cheap ass $3 bun me. They're freaking delicious. It was already the favorite of my colleague, Tim Brown, who's, uh, in the sports department. Shout uh, out to Tim Brown. Shout out to Tim Brown. So he thought, shout out to Tim. Shout out to Tim. And they, uh, what's up, Tim. And, uh, he, he thought they were the best already, and he's probably eaten more by me than anybody I know. So, And he was right. He was right. They won a blind test. Pretty good. Nice. Now, I, I, I was very happy that uh, a place near and dear to my heart, Best Baguette, made the list, made the top two. I was very stoked on that because I, 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 I would – I've been there a lot of times. It's like $3 – for a, a pretty solid bun me, great bread. I mean, a, a big fan of Best Baguette. So shout out to Best Baguette. Uh. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is the Beaverton location totally crushed the Portland location. Now mm-hmm. everyone knows the Portland location because they have a drive-through and it's like the best drive-through food in Portland, basically. Uh, you know, depending on how much you like Taco Bell. And uh, but the Beaverton location beat the shit out of them, so I don't know why that is. But there you go. There must be something in the water in Beaverton, maybe that makes the bread, you know, that much better or something. I don't know. Beaverton, so, it's the water. Shout out to all the people still listening to this podcast who are probably <laughs> both at the intersection of Blazers and food. That's kind of cool. What's up, guys? Yeah. You made it. Uh, any 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 new play other than other than pizza? Any any new spots that you want to put put the listeners yeah, on to? It hit me up. And more maybe me and Corbin. Yeah, you know, we we we're really trying to pick up some tips here. 
uh, yeah. of where to take our, our 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 significant others for dinner, perhaps. Well, hottest of the hot that hasn't even been written about at all, basically, is that our restaurant of the year, Han Oak, uh, is about to – well, they've actually rolled it out already, but they're going to start doing a monthly hot pot. So, you know, like hot pot where you have like a little boiling broth and then you add your own little fixings to it. They're going to do that once a month. It's going to be really dope. Um, they're still kind of working out the kinks, but uh, that's coming down the pipe. I really love the brunch at a Spanish restaurant called Bar Casa Valle. Ooh. Uh, so that's a that's a it's a Spanish restaurant and bar. They have a lot of sherry, sherry cocktails. Write that shit down, man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I'm, oh, I'm looking at Yo, it. Yo, I I, I I love Spanish food. I, I oh, I, there's a there's a picture of a guy uh, cutting a thing in half with a knife here. Is it like sherry wine cocktails? They have a sherry – I think it's a sherry old-fashioned that I thought was, like, one of the best cocktails I drank last year. Ooh, man. Sherry old-fashioned. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Nong uh, from Nong's Cowman Guys opening a new restaurant downtown, but that's just going to have her, you know, usual uh, – uh, her usual – uh, chicken and rice dish. I don't usually get jealous of uh, y- y'all meat eaters, but uh, but but Nong is one that's always kind of stung it's me a little so bit. Good. Ooh. It's so yeah, good. you should get the um, you should go to the one in Southeast. They do a tofu. They do. I'm allergic right. to soy. Oh fuck yeah! Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah, I live in I live in hell. Yeah, damn. That's rough hell. Well, I guess um, I, yeah. Take back everything I just said. The. Uh, uh, speaking of Thai food, I hyped this a lot since last year. Uh, Padi, you guys know Padi on Burnside and Twenty Eight. I know the name. I've never been there. They do uh, Isan style night. So Mondays and Tuesdays, it's actually two nights. They do this northeastern Thai food, which is like uh, spicy and funky, and a lot of lime. Um, they do a lot of uh, lob. Which are like oh, pure. Oh, I love lob. Yeah, and uh, they have usually like three or four types at a time. They have one made with egg, which is really good. Uh, I don't know if it's gluten free, but it's really good. Um, they're, you know, no gluten. I eat. I love gluten. So wait, you're just soy. Okay, they use only. I have a marginal soy allergy. I'm kind of on a tie kick right now because I'm uh, I'm writing a piece about Hot Yai, which is the uh, uh, curry and fried chicken restaurant. Oh my North god! East. I've heard great things about Hot Yai. Yeah, so I'm I did a I, I've written about them a few times, but I'm sort of going a little bit deeper on them uh, next week or two weeks from now, and uh, I've been going there a lot. The food is so good. Um, uh, it's like the restaurant's based on this Southern Thai. Uh, type of restaurant that's actually like a usually Muslim owned fried chicken place. And the distinction is they add shallots to the hot oil. Oh, uh, so you get this like a sort of like aromatics and perfume from the shallots. There's this crazy marinade with uh, soy, sorry, but uh, white pepper, coriander. <laughs> and then they do it with this like beautiful, rich, thick uh, Malaysian and uh, Malaysian style curry which is made with like cinnamon and mace and baking spices. And it's like, it's, you know, it's their basic everyday curry. It's super cheap. You can go there and get a uh, fried chicken piece, a roti, like the fried flatbread and uh, uh, a little dish of curry for like $11, I think. Um, 
and it's it's hard to beat that in Portland right now. I think it's like one like really top chef here in town told me randomly that it's his favorite restaurant. So that inspired me to go back. Hell yeah, Michael! I want Michael. I want to wedge one more recommendation out of you. Hit me. Vegetarian Corbin would love a new place where Vegetarian Corbin could get something really good. What what do you got? What do you got for me? I feel like the way to go with if you're vegetarian is to stick to um, like Chinese and Indian restaurants where they've been cooking, where like the Buddhists have been cooking vegetarian food for like two or three thousand years. Um, shout, shout out to my people, the Buddhists. <laughs> the uh, are you a Buddhist, Corbs? Uh, okay, I like it. I've been to retreats. Uh, you know. I, I wrote a review of a place called Chin's Kitchen a few months ago. They yeah, they were also in uh, Willamette Week's Restaurant of the Year. They were sort of the cover cover restaurant. Um, they featured three or four restaurants in that, but um, that restaurant's great. They need some support. Like I was there the other day, there weren't many people there, so uh, the lines have definitely died down. And uh, they are they have a lot of cool vegetarian dishes. It's called Chin's Kitchen. Um, it's on. Uh, I think it might I'll be on Broadway too. Oh, they have, the, they have, they have, I, I've walked past. They have the badass signage. Yeah, like they the got bad, that, the yeah. badass like neon signage. I want to go there. Yeah, it's a guy like eating out of a bowl with chopsticks, and it's supposed to actually move. Uh, but I don't think it's. Been, I'm not sure if, it's, if they've revived it yet. But two sisters from a like small, from a actually large city in north northeastern China called Harbin took it over last year and added just basically their hometown dishes. It's super cool. It's super unusual. It's something that even much bigger cities than us don't have that style of Chinese food because, I mean, frankly, I think that uh, Northeastern style of Chinese isn't like very well respected outside of their own hometown. Uh, but it's really good. I mean, they have a for, – for meat eaters, there's a great – like the original sweet and sour chicken – uh, which the original sweet and sour pork, sorry, which, uh, you know, obviously sweet and sour pork, very popular in America. It, you know, drives Panda Express. Uh, theirs is a little bit different. It's like sliced thin. It's a little chewier. Um, and it's so, so good. Like if you like Panda Express, you should try the, the real thing sometime in your life. Um, and there's some great vegetarian dishes there too. So check it out. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, Michael, for coming on and giving your restaurant Rex. I just, I just really quick, just real quick, I want to mention Tusk just because uh, I figure that enough times that I mention Tusks, someday I'll get free food from there. They already know. <laughs> I, I have been. To, I will say, Michael, I have been to Tusk with Corbin, and they do know him by name. <laughs> I would. <laughs> we went. In, we went in there, and they're like, we went in there with my buddy on and Pandy, and friend of the show. We yep. go in there with Corbs and, 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 and yeah, you know on it, and and he, they're just like, oh hey, Cor- hey, hey Corbin, and we're just like, what? Yeah, they, really, they love, him. yeah, big they, uh, listeners of the show. Dope. I was just I was just biking by them this morning on my way to work, and I thought that uh, uh, I wish Tusk had brunch every day. Not just oh that. god, if that Tusk had brunch every day, it would be a problem for Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, Michael, uh, I know you said you have a piece coming out soon. Uh, anything else you want the people to, to be on the lookout for, uh, from, from you over, uh, at the Oregonian? 
look out for that hot yai thing in a couple weeks. I'm uh, I'm also I'm doing a sidebar of like other kind of interesting new Thai restaurants. So uh, that should be fun. I'm sort of living in that Thai world right now, uh, which is a pretty great place to be if you're in Portland. We don't have any like we don't have a big Thai population here. But I think maybe partly because uh, Pock Pock's here and then because Earl from Longbon is here, like, we bring in, like, ridiculously talented chefs who work at these, like, you know, three Michelin star level Bangkok restaurants. And they come here and they work in our Thai kitchens and, like, they make really amazing stuff. So I'm going to be writing a, a sort of a longer look at Hot Yai and then this companion piece that talks about that a little bit. So that should be fun. Oh man, I gotta scope that out. I'm very excited for more Thai food to come. Uh, I when I was down in LA for All Star Weekend, I went to this Thai place uh, in Inglewood, and it was I had like the best chicken wings I've ever had in my life. Uh, Man, so I'm excited. All the more, the more Thai, the better. Michael, thank you. Corbin, anything on your end that you want the people to look at? I know. Uh, I think you had, a, you had something go up for Deadspin today. Yeah, I'm in Deadspin today. Uh, I wrote about uh, 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 Deep Space Nine. I wrote about Star Trek Deep Space Nine for Deadspin. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay, about there's a there's an NBA guy I, uh, I follow down in the Bay Area. I don't know him, but he, he's into Deep Space Nine too. What's the? Is there an NBA connection? No, we. Who's the guy? <laughs> Oh God, I don't I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But is he's it one J- of those. Is like, it is it Jacob? Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jacob Greenberg. Yeah, we're, no. we're, well, Corbin and I are online. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, Jake, no, Jake, <laughs> Jake, no, like, Jake, uh, Jacob's a pal. Of the show. Yeah, Jacob's like borderline a friend of mine. Uh, Jacob, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. We just all like Deep Space Nine. A, f- a few years ago, I just started watching Deep Space Nine and tweeting about it all the time, and then all of a sudden, like. A bunch of other dudes were like, hell yeah, I also like Deep Space Nine. And so there's a little corner of basketball <laughs> internet that spends a lot of time watching Deep Space Nine. The bandwagon fans, man. Yeah. Hey, hey, everybody's welcome on the on on the on the good station. It was cool when you got into it like seven years after it ended, not like <laughs> ten years after. <laughs> I think it was I think I got into it like fifteen years after it ended. So uh. Well, and as for me, you can catch me over at LeBron Wire talking about LeBron and all that stuff. Uh, and also here on Lockdown Blazers, uh, the Blazers are off, I think, until Friday. I, I think they're playing the Clippers. Uh, but we talked a lot about pizza, and now I'm hungry. So, uh, Michael, thank you once again for making the time to come on with us. Go Blazers. Tank for that 14, baby. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs>